Hello, it's uh, Derek Walker here, uh, pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. Welcome to God Day and welcome to a time in the Word of God. Just to encourage you and get you moving into a victorious day in the Lord because I want to share a message with you called Going Over, Not Under. You know, God comes to, gives us His grace so that we can go over, not under. Praise God. And so I want to share this from two uh, stories uh, in the Bible, two miracles of Jesus, as it were. And the first one's in Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. He says, uh, on the same day, and actually this was the day where he had uh, given them all the parables, especially the parable of the sower. So they had given them his word. And so he would fill them with faith, as it were. And it says, now came a test of their faith to see if they would put their faith into action. As we'll see in the story, he expected them to have faith um, and was disappointed when they didn't act on their faith and show their faith because we show our faith by our actions and by our actions, our faith gets stronger. So when we receive the word, we have the potential to act in faith, but only if we actually obey God, um, we're doers and not hearers only, do we actually walk in the victory and uh, experience his power. And by exercising our faith, we grow in faith. So anyway, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go over to the other side. Notice he said, let us go over. God doesn't call us to go under, he calls us to go over. So. This is the word of God that he's giving them, his guarantee. And the power is in his word. They had the power through faith to, to make it to the other side. Praise God. And God comes to us and says, let us go over to the other side. Let us complete the assignment that God gives us. And so had they learned the parable of the sower, they would learn to embrace the word of God, let it get rooted in their heart and stand on that word of God when the trials and tribulations come. So this is a test time now. Whenever God gives you a word, now the test is on. Will you hold on to the word and will you obey the word? Will you keep it and do it? And, and notice God's word is always sent for a purpose, to accomplish something, to, to get to the other side. Uh, because God had an important work to do on the other side, which was to bring the gospel to the east side of Galilee, which was the Gentile area. In particular, there was a stronghold of Satan there called the demoniac, who, who was well known through the whole region. And what happened on the other side was a real breakthrough. Jesus cast out that legion of demons from him. And then he went around as an evangelist to the whole region and multitudes be believed in Jesus through his testimony. So that was a, a breakthrough of the gospel on the other side. And so it won't be surprising that Satan is going to try and stop them, get to the other side. So God gave them a word. He gave them his promise that we're going to get to the other side together. And, uh, but Satan will resist that word. And we must hold on to the word and believe the word. And by that power, we will get to the other side. Notice God's word always has the us factor. It isn't, he didn't say you go to the other side. He said, let us go to the other side. In other words, he's saying, I, I will be with you. 
We are going to the other side together. You know, the wonderful promise in Hebrews 13, 5, he says, he himself says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. So whatever God's told you to do, remember you're not on your own. Jesus is in the boat with you and he is uh, the victory and he will help you. So you're not on your own. Don't say you can't do it because yeah, you can't do it on your own, but you can do it by because he's with you. And so God's word has a spirit of victory about it. He didn't say, let's try to go over. No, he said, we, let us go over to the other side. God has spoken. And they should have had that attitude, you know. God's made his promise. We are going over to the other side, no matter what happens. God speaks the end result. He doesn't say there will be obstacles and difficulties on the way, but he speaks the end result. Aren't you glad that God is faithful, who begun a good work, he will perform it. He will bring it to pass, even against impossible odds. Praise God. That's the spirit of victory. We live in the spirit of victory when we accept God's word. His word to us is, let us go over to the other side. Let, we're going to come through this life into glory. Hallelujah. That's the spirit of victory. No matter what the, the enemy throws against us, we are going through to the other side. We, we must confidently believe that and proclaim that. Praise God. Well, that's why um, Satan knew that God, Jesus, was on a mission. And so a storm arose. And this was a supernatural storm to stop them, to kill them. And it says in verse 36, it says, When they had left the multitude, they took him, Jesus, along in the boat, and the great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. So you see, God's word to you, there will be opposition. Don't, don't take that as a sign that you're, you're missing God. Because Satan wants to try and persuade you from the natural evidence of things going wrong, that actually you're going under, not, you're not going over, you're going under. But God's word to you is, you are going over, not under. And we need to agree with God's word. We need to proclaim, I'm going over in this situation. I'm not going under. Praise God. I'm living over the circumstances, not under the circumstances. And if you hold on to the word of God, then God's power and his victory will, will, will prevail. Praise God. Notice that this is a picture of a spiritual attack and, and the, it works on two levels. First of all, the wind and secondly, the waves. The windstorm storm arose and the waves beat into the boat and so there are the waves represent the what is visible you can't see the wind the wind represents the invisible spiritual forces that that move against us but the waves are the natural circumstances <coughs> and we tend to think that our problems are merely these natural circumstances. These waves seem to be the obvious danger. These waves going into the boat, if they went in enough, those waves would sink the boat. So that you might, you'll be tempted to think that the real problem is the waves, what you can see with your eyes. But actually what was behind those waves was the wind. The wind was causing the waves. And so 
I'm not saying every natural problem you have is because it's a spiritual attack. You know, if your fridge breaks down after 10 years or 15 years, that, you know, that isn't necessarily a spiritual attack against you. But sometimes, and you have to discern it, sometimes when uh, those waves are hitting your boat, it's because there is a spiritual wind blowing those waves. And if all you try and do is attack the waves and try and bail the boat out, uh, but the wind is still blowing, you, you can't fix the problem. And that's what happened in this situation. They were desperately trying to deal with the water, but while the wind was blowing, it was a losing battle. And so we tend to, uh, the real cause in this case of the waves was the gusty wind, violent wind. These are the invisible spiritual forces. So the word wind is actually the same word, pneuma, as the word for spirit. And so uh, God's spirit, of course, is a refreshing wind, but there are also evil winds, the working of evil powers that, that try and work. And it says this storm is a picture of a spiritual attack, a storm of wind. And the waves were the result, the symptoms of the invisible wind. Now, the Lord, if we ask him, if something is, you know, we're, we're being hit, we need to ask the Lord if there's a cause, you know, is there a wind coming uh, that's causing this that we need to deal with? So the disciples, how do they react in this situation? Do they react in faith? No, sadly, they show the wrong way to react. They just saw it as a natural problem, and they, they started to desperately trying to bail out the water. They, they attacked it in their own strength, uh, and they didn't turn to Jesus uh, initially, um, and they weren't making any progress with the problem. They focused on the natural problem uh, rather than the presence of Christ and his word. And so they actually got into fear and unbelief. They forgot that Jesus had said, we're going to the other side, and they, they went into panic. They forgot that Jesus was with them, really. And uh, it says in verse 38, they're in such a panic that at last they woke Jesus up. It says that he was in the stern, asleep in the pillow. So Jesus was at rest. He had the word from the Father that we're going to the other side. I think he was going to see how the disciples were going to handle the situation. It says, they awoke him saying, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And so see the lack of faith. It's, it's good that they turned to Jesus, I suppose, but it wasn't really in faith. They doubted his love for them. Uh, they doubted his word that he had given them, and they're just in a panic mode right now. And um, he answered them, and he said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So he said, you should have faith, because they've received the word of God in their heart. They had the potential, but they had let the circumstances overwhelm them so much that they were now totally in the flesh, totally in fear and they were not operating in faith at all. They sadly had failed the test. Um, what should they have done? Well, one thing is they, they could have turned to Jesus by all means and said, woke him up and said, Jesus, you promised we're going, into the, uh, going to the other side. We're in a right mess right now. We need your help. We're trusting you to do something about it. And um, that would have been good. Or even the highest level of faith 
would have been to do what Jesus did, to say, we have a word from God uh, that we're going to the other side, and they could have spoken to the wind in the name of Jesus and, and commanded it to be still. But they were so focused on the natural, they couldn't see above that to see the spiritual reality that was going on. And then Jesus arose, it says, and he, notice what he did. He did two things. First, he rebuked the wind, you see, because he understood that behind the natural problem was a spiritual attack. And so he rebuked the wind. He rebuked the invisible force that was creating this situation. He rebuked the wind. And then, secondly, he said to the sea, peace, be still, which was basically, shh, be quiet, shut up. And then immediately, first, the wind ceased, and second, there was a great calm. Do you see how Jesus dealt with that? He took authority over the wind. So first of all, you take authority over that spiritual problem. In the name of Jesus, you command that, that evil spirit, that evil force to stop in the name of Jesus. Deal with the wind first, if you discern a spiritual attack. Then you can speak to the natural circumstance and you can say, come into order now, be still, come into the peace of God, I command it. And so he used his authority. This, he walked in victory and he could do that because he operated as a man under the anointing of God. He knew he had God's word. We're going to go to the other side. And on the basis of that word, he was able to take authority over the wind and the wave. So first of all, identify and deal with the spiritual cause and break the power of the negative spiritual powers. Command them to cease in their operation in the name of Jesus. Then you can release, as it were, the positive word of God. Speak peace into the situation. Command your natural situation to come into order and then it will quickly, once the wind stopped, the sea quickly came into order. And so we don't, we, we focus, uh, you know, the, the, nat we, the natural problem presents itself to us, but be discerning to see if there is a spiritual power behind it that you need to deal with. Because the natural problem won't go away until you deal with that spiritual problem. Otherwise, you're just putting a sticky plaster over it. Uh, and so had he just said to the, to, to the waves, be still, that wouldn't have been very helpful because if the wind's still blowing, it, it would have just, the same problem would have resurfaced. So this is the faith that Jesus wants to see in us, is that when he gives us a word, he says, let us go over to the other side. We accept that word and we, we trust in that word. We embrace that word and we, we declare it. I am going over to the other side. And even when the storm comes, we maintain our confession. Jesus said, I'm going over. I'm not going over under. Praise God. So I'm trusting him to bring his word to pass for me. And, and notice, faith does not deny the storm. Faith does not stand up in the middle of the boat. Some people think faith is this, uh, you know, saying, oh, there is no storm, there is no storm. <laughs> That's silly. You know, it's pointless going to the doctor and saying, well, uh, he says, what's wrong with you? And say, I do not have a pain in my back. You know, faith is not denying the problem. 
but faith is believing that God has the last word, that I am going over and I am not going under. God has promised to be my peace, to be my healer, to be my victory. Hallelujah. And even faith will speak to the problem. It will speak to the wind and it will speak to the waves and it will say, enough, stop in the name of Jesus. I am going over, I'm not going under. You do not have the last word in my life. And they they were amazed, of course, the disciples. They feared exceedingly and said, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him, the spiritual and the natural worlds obey him. And then they came to the other side. They made it to the other side. Hallelujah. God's word came to pass in their life. And another picture of victory is when Jesus walked on the water. And we read that in, in all the Gospels, that uh, again in the John 6.18, it said, the sea arose and there was a great wind blowing. And when they had rowed three or four miles, it says that they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat. And this is a picture, walking on the water is a picture of the walk of faith. See, Naturally, Jesus would go under because of the force of gravity. But by faith, he went over because God had gave him a word. He had gave him the faith to go over. Praise God. And Jesus walked on the water as a man, but he was upheld by the invisible power of God. Actually, he was walking on the word of God. He was walking on the power of God. This is a picture of us walking in victory. And uh, as he acted in faith in God's word, he was able to walk on the water because the power of God was upholding him. And we are called also to walk on the word of God, on the power of God. And we can walk on the water too, as it were, as we'll see with, with Peter. So the forces in this world, the force of sin and so on, would try and pull us under, but by faith in God's word, we can go over. This is what it means to walk in victory, even against the gravity of sin that tries to pull us down. Well, um, when, when we look in, uh, in, in, in Mark chapter, Matthew chapter 14, we see that it wasn't just Peter that walked on, sorry, it wasn't just Jesus that walked on the water, it was also Peter. Let's go to Matthew 14. It, it says that uh, he actually sent them off uh, and then uh, Jesus uh, came to them on the sea and uh, they saw him walking on the sea and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Now that's awesome, faith from Peter, because he understood that what Jesus was doing was a sign. He was demonstrating what he would do in our lives. This is a picture of walking in victory over sin. And Peter realized somehow that he could do it too if he received a word from God to do it. And in this picture of Peter walking on the water, even falteringly, is a picture of us walking in victory. Because Peter realized he needed the word. He couldn't, he had to do it by faith. 
He needed God's word. He said, command me, he says, to come to you on the water. Once he received that word, then Peter would have the faith to do it. And that the walk of victory is a walk of faith where we put our trust in God's word and then we walk on the word. And then we supernaturally walk over rather than going under. And so we need, first of all, God's word to walk on. And so he just gave him one word, verse 29. He said to Peter, come, come. That's all the word Peter needed. The power is in the word. And Peter started walking on this word. And you know, we don't just have one word from God. We have many thousands of words from God. And if we will embrace that word, we can start walking on that word and then the power of God will hold us up as we walk. But then we get a major key here to walking in victory as we see what happens next. It says, when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Awesome, well done, Peter. You, what a thing to do in the middle of the, of the sea, to get out of the boat and to actually walk on the water. This is tremendous faith. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. So I want you to notice for a few seconds at least, Peter was walking on the water. He was overcoming gravity. And I, I see that force of gravity as like sin that would pull us down. But the power of God is stronger than our sin. And while he was looking to Jesus, and while his, Jesus' word was strong in his heart, and he was looking to Jesus and walking toward Jesus, praise God, the power of God came up and held him up, and he was able to walk on the water. And, but then he started to look around, and he started to notice, oh, what a strong wind, and what a strong waves. In other words, he became aware uh, he, he started looking away from Jesus to the problems. He probably looked down at his own two feet and he began to realize, hey, what am I doing here? I can't walk on water. And doubt began to fill his heart. And, and the key is, if we will keep our eye on Jesus we, and his word, we will, we will walk in victory, not by our own power, but by the power of God. He looked at the wind and the waves and his focus went off Jesus and his word onto the circumstances. And he began to realize, hey, in the natural, this is impossible. And look how strong the wind and the waves are. Look how strong the, the difficulties are. I can't possibly overcome. And he began just to forget about Jesus and think of his own ability. And of course, doubt and unbelief filled his heart and he began to sink. He got that sinking feeling. And, and it's interesting that he only began to sink. He didn't sink like a stone because he had that faith in his heart. But the more he focused on the natural, the more unbelief came in. And as it were, the pipe through which the power flowed, which the power of God flows through our heart and the part of our heart that's believing in God. But as the unbelief began taking over his heart because he was meditating on the wrong things, so the pipe got narrower, the power got less, and he began to sink. And the remedy was really to look to Jesus. And then the unbelief begins to fade. And, and so we are not pretending that the wind and the waves aren't real. But hey, it wouldn't have mattered. If, what if there was no wind? 
He still couldn't walk on water. I don't care how calm it is. You can try it, but it's still not going to work. So whether it was windy or not was not relevant to the situation. And the point is, God's power is greater than the wind and the waves in your situation. So whether there's no wind waves or loads of wind and waves, it makes no difference because we are upheld by the power of God, which is greater than the wind and the waves. If we will just keep our eyes on Jesus, he is our victory. Uh, we will receive his power to uphold us, whatever is going on around us. Those things strike our senses, but we mustn't take our focus off Jesus. Then his overcoming life will come into us. Praise God. This story is the key to victory. Well, of course, he panicked and he said, Lord, save me, which was fair enough. And Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And he said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So in other words, he did have faith. He had tremendous faith, but he allowed unbelief to come in. And then he started going under. But we can, learn, we, can walk, we can go over and not under. If we would just look to Jesus, refuse to let the natural things take our eyes off Jesus, his victory will ca cause us to go over. Let's just finish in Romans chapter 8. It talks about this victory. In Romans 8 verse 2 it says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Yes, there is a law of sin and death, like the law of gravity that would pull us down, that would cause us to go under. But the law of the spirit of life is stronger, is what sets me free from the law of sin and death, and it operates in Christ Jesus. So as I look to Jesus, as I trust in Jesus, the law of the spirit of life comes into operation and it gives me victory over the law of sin and death. It's like you wouldn't think a plane could take off because of gravity. But when the engines start, the law of lift, because of the wings, the law of lift overcomes the law of gravity. So the law of the, sin of the, of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. And then he goes on by saying that Jesus judged sin in our flesh. On the cross, Jesus has overcome the power of sin in our life. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. When our eyes are on Jesus, we're trusting in, in the Spirit of God to, to empower us. Praise God. We can walk over and not under. Praise God, the law of the spirit of life. Uh, as we walk in the spirit, we fulfill the requirement of the law. Praise God, which means we are free from the power of sin. And then he says, the key is that we walk according to the spirit. We're trusting in the power of the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their mind on the things of the Spirit. So it's all about your focus. If you're focused on Jesus and the things of the Spirit, the Word of God, praise God, you will experience life and peace. You will find yourself walking over, not under. You'll find yourself walking in victory. Later in Romans 8, it says, now we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Praise God. Jesus is the conqueror. He's won the victory. And if we focus on him and trust in him, he will give us his victory. He's not the only one that can walk on the water because if we trust in him, we look to him, his spirit will fill us and empower us and give us his victory. And we will be able to walk 
and go over and not under. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. By the Spirit of God within you, the law of the Spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death as you look to Him. God bless you. Thank you.